comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul! This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Aztec Nation, what is up? This is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. My name is Trone, coming at you with another early morning podcast here. If you haven't already, please follow, subscribe, like the show, do whatever it is on whatever platform you are listening to if you're on itunes be sure to leave a nice comment give five star reviews i believe spotify also does five star reviews now so please be sure to do that it definitely helps us out here at the show and you can find me on pretty much all the social media at aztec breakdown twitter is the main but also you got instagram facebook and tiktok as well as if you wanted to uh say something or or ask a question or anything like that you can also find me or contact me rather at aztecbreakdown at gmail.com so with that out of the way let's get into today's show and since it was a football bye week there's even less to talk about than there normally is that being said we're gonna talk uh some basketball because we got some some basketball updates. And I might give a shout-out to the Padres here real quick. And in fact, let's do that shout-out right now. I know this is an Aztecs uh, podcast, but I do consider myself to be a fan of pretty much all sports San Diego. And, you know, it's it's the Padres did something that they had never done before and that was beat the Dodgers in a postseason series and it it was just a pretty amazing feeling over the weekend so want to give a shout out to them um and hopefully they can keep then keep riding whatever wave they have been they have been riding honestly uh all the way to a world series championship would be would be pretty awesome it feels pretty good right now I don't know what everybody's like contract situations are but it seems like the core of the team is is there for at least one more year which is very exciting and next year the Padres should get Tatis back and one of the one of the auxiliary benefits of winning all these postseason series is that Tatis's suspension gets shortened and so he'll be back even sooner next year, and they can hopefully make another really good playoff run next year as well if they don't make this one. Ultimately, I think that the Padres have done what I expected of them. They've reached the level that I expected them to reach, um, maybe even a little bit further, honestly, which is great, and so, and especially doing it against the Dodgers. And so I know... A lot of people are like, now's the time to get greedy, and I get it, and obviously I want it, but if if the Padres lose from here on out, I won't be too disappointed just because they've done what I expected them to do. And so, 
That's nice. It would be like if if this year's team, basketball team, made like another Sweet 16. Definitely if they make an Elite 8. Maybe if they make a Sweet 16, then I'll be like, this team did what they were supposed to do. This was a successful year. So that's that's where I'm at with that. Shout out to the Padres. Shout out to to all the listeners who also happen to be Padres fans on top of the Aztecs. It's just... it. It very much seems like a good time to be a fan of San Diego sports. And the one letdown has been the football team because, you know, it's the hundredth year of Aztec football. And they seemed poised, at least in the preseason, to make like a big run and do some stuff. And we will we'll just have to see how that actually ends up turning out with the quarterback change and the offensive coordinator change. We'll have to see what they end up doing hopefully with that in tow they can they can make some noise actually and start to win games and and you know make another uh mountain west conference championship but we'll just we'll just have to see we'll just have to see but between the padres slaying the dragon of the dodgers and then aztec basketball looking like it should be pretty good it's still seems like it's a pretty good time to be a San Diego sports fan. So there's a couple things I wanted to talk about with basketball. First has to do with our point guards, right? Now, Coach Dutcher has been doing a lot of five-on-five scrimmages to try and get the team ready for this gauntlet of opponents that they're going to face early on in the season. And we'll see whether or not that works or not. I, you know, I, I, I have no clue. I don't really have an opinion. I think it makes sense to do a lot of scrimmaging, especially with how many veterans are on the team. You know, that's something that might slow down some younger players, but the experienced players, and especially the ones that have been here for a while, it should be fine for them. So we'll see how it goes. But the exciting part is that he has had both of the point guards, Lamont Butler and Darian Trammell, on opposing teams for all these scrimmages and at some point he'll want to have them on the same team so that they can practice playing together if that's what the starting lineup is going to be which I definitely expect it to be but in the meantime having them on different teams has a couple different different uh effects here that are both positive one they both get to work on their offense they both get to you know be the lead guard which I think they will both have a good amount of time doing this season in their respective lineups. They'll also play a lot together, and so when they're together, they'll have to figure out how to share those responsibilities. But when one of them is on the bench, the other one's going to be out there running the offense, right? And so it'll be really good for both of them to get that experience of of doing that. And that should help out the offense. But the big thing is that they've been guarding each other in practice this whole time. And that could very well be huge because Lamont Butler, as we know, was an all-defensive player in the Mountain West. Darian Trammell was an all-defensive player in the WAC. And while the WAC, especially last year, was worse than the Mountain West, that should still translate, which doesn't necessarily mean he'll be an all-defensive player in the Mountain West this year, but he should be at that level where he could be for sure. I, I, I have no doubts about that. So we have two essentially all-defensive point guards guarding each other in practice every day and that is going to help out 
the offense as well, honestly, I think. Because especially in conference season, I I was looking over the rosters just very quickly yesterday. And I, I can do a deeper look later. But I don't know of anyone in the Mountain West who's going to be able to guard them as hard as they guard each other. Especially in conference play. Now maybe in out-of-conference play that might be different, right? Especially in a place like Maui, that might be different. But in conference play, like they're they're gonna be the hardest challenge each other has has to face right like there's nobody in conference who's going to be able to guard them as well as they guard each other and so it's going to make the games that much easier for them i think right like as as coaches you always talk about wanting to to make the practices harder than the games if you can which isn't really possible there's just not really a way to really simulate that adrenaline rush that comes with the game but you try right you you do everything you can right it's something that they they talk about in in the military too sometimes and uh they 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 talk about like the ancient spartans as being the only people who who were able to make their training harder than the actual war and so the 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 spartans themselves when they would go to war they almost treated it like a vacation because it was it was easier for them than than just their training um how much of that was bravado versus real who knows but that's what they said right and i think i think that's what it's going to be like for darian trammell and lamont butler in conference play is that like them guarding each other is going to make the actual games in conference so much easier because nobody can guard them as well as they guard each other and so that is a very exciting thought for me because it's going to help out both both offensively and I think defensively as well our last thing here and I know this is a shorter episode it is what it is because it's the offseason but our last thing I wanted to talk about the lineup that I'm most excited to see and honestly I don't even know how much time we will see it. Uh, it's based off of a lineup from last year. And longtime listeners might already be able to kind of to figure it out as I'm talking here. Last year, there was a lineup that just played in one game for like nine possessions. Right? It was Lamont Butler at the one. Uh, Chad Baker-Mazzara at the two. Kasha Johnson at the three. Aguaca Rope at the four. And Nathan Mensah at the five. They played just for one game against Colorado State for, like I said, nine possessions. But in those nine possessions, they outscored Colorado State like eight to zero or something ridiculous like that. Um, Maybe even more than that, honestly. I don't remember exactly, but it was just, it was a very fun lineup to watch. And it was one that on paper doesn't seem like it should work. Like, where's the offense going to come from? But what happened was... There was so much defense and so much length and athleticism. And a lot of those guys were really good at like jumping passing lanes and picking pockets and, and things like that, right? You got Nathan Mensa guarding the rim and he can he can block shots also. He can switch and do stuff obviously to mess guys up too. But you got that going. You got Aguaca Rope is honestly I've been underselling Aguaca Rope for years and, and I have apologized to him on this show. But he is probably the best defender on the team right maybe not the most impactful 
right? Nathan Mensah, I think, is the most impactful with all his abilities, but Aguacarope is the best defender on the team because if you need to just lock someone down and really get them off their game, a rope is the guy, and he can do it to anybody. He did it to Roddy last year, right, when they would play Colorado State. They started off with Mensah on him, and Mensah big and long and made him work but Roddy was still hitting shots then when they put a rope on him Roddy wasn't hitting as many shots anymore so so a rope is the guy right you put him on whoever the other opponent's best offensive player is as long as they're not like seven feet tall even if they are seven feet tall he can make them work but as long as they're not like seven feet tall he can he can shut them down so you got those two you got Kishad right who playing the three at six seven with his length, his athleticism can be a terror. And Lamont Butler, we know how good he is at stealing balls, right? So like there's your core. And they had Chad Baker Mazzara last year. He he obviously won't be in the lineup this year, but I'm basing the lineup I want to see off of that lineup. And the only change I would make, the only thing that's gonna happen is instead of having Chad Baker Mazzara in at the two, put Micah Parrish in at the two. And it's going to be very similar. They're pretty similar in size, but Micah Parrish is more defensive-minded overall. That being said, he can still space out the floor as good as, as Chad Baker Mazzara did. So, like, he can he can shoot. He can still get out in transition, which is the whole point of this lineup, right? Is you're just trying to, to frustrate them and, and force misses and force turnovers and get out and run. And then once you run, either either you know score at the rim or or kick it out for a three in transition. Either way, that's all you're trying to do with this lineup. You don't want to get into the half court with this lineup. You're just trying to run. So Micah Parrish can do that. This lineup would be long. This lineup would be athletic, and they would be frustrating. And honestly, could be even better this year if what we've seen from Keyshawn Johnson translates at all. If he you know, is, is, is a better ball handler. Like we've seen him in, in workouts, like on Instagram and stuff. If he's a better shooter, like we've seen in his workouts, then all of a sudden this lineup becomes much more viable offensively as well. Between Butler, Parrish and Johnson offensively, you can do some damage and, and a rope and Mensa can also do some things inside. They might not be players that you want to like feed the ball to all that much, but between putbacks and between rolling to the rim and and things of that nature they could do some things as well that way they aren't just standing around doing nothing on the offensive side of the board or of the, of the ball so that is a lineup that i am i'm very hopeful we get to see at spots it won't be the most used lineup it won't be something we see even every game but i'm hoping we get more than more than nine possessions out of it honestly we'll see we'll see what happens if we even get any possessions out of it because it is kind of unorthodox but I was just so impressed by last year's version of the lineup that I I really want to see more and I think it could do some damage and so that is that is where I'm at if if we can get like even just a hundred possessions out of it I think that could be huge right like in 10 different games get 10 possessions out of it that could be that could be huge. With that as technician, I think that'll do it for this one. And uh, we will catch you later.